0: Bhagwan is explaining the path of meditation in this uh, chapter. So he says that uh, one should follow this path very sincerely. With firm resolve, one should follow this path. And he defines this yoga as Dukkha Sanyoga Vyogam Yoga Sanyatam. That too uh detach from all that gives sorrow, rise to sorrow and to be established in the self itself is this yoga. So making the mind calm, quite peaceful, we have to make the mind abide in the self. So Bhagwan gives the technique also in the two verses, twenty four and twenty-five kisankalpa prabhavan kamans sarvan After sitting on the seat of meditation, one should drop all desires, all cravings from the mind. The mind is the main equipment, instrument which uh, we need to uh, take care of. So drop all the desires from the mind. And shift the attention to the self. Also with the help of this mind, control all the senses. Manasa eva indriya gramam viniyamya samantataha. From all sides, all the senses together have to be under control. And then, shane shane, very slowly, not abruptly, but slowly and steadily very, very softly. The mind has to be quietened and established in that self. Shane, shane, ruparamed, buddhya Dhriti grihitaya, with a buddhi, with a firm resolve and with tremendous patience, with dhriti, dhairiya, forbearance and patience, the mind should be withdrawn and placed in the self. Atma sanstam manakritva. That is the dhyana. Atma sanstam manak. The mind should be established in the self. The mind is roaming around in all objects. The very source of this mind is the self. The very uh, substratum on which the mind functions is the self. The mind has got many, many, many thoughts but the very basis of this mind is the self. Just as we have in our book, lot of words and sentences written, but the basis, the substratum of this book is the paper on which all these are written. So our mind is like the words on the paper, but the self is like the paper. So one has to shift one's attention to the very source of this mind, to very uh, the core from where all thoughts arises. See, Bhagwan Marshi gives a technique of meditation. He says that uh, you find out what is this mind made up of. And when we analyze, we find that mind is made up of thoughts, but there are two types of thoughts. One is thoughts about the objects and another is thought about the subject. I thought and this thought, ahambritti and idambritti. So then once we understand this very deeply, then he says you shift your attention from that idam vritti to ahambritti, I thought, and find out from where this I thought arises deep within you. And when we inquire, what is the source of this I thought, when we inquire, we will get uh, abidance in our own self. Because from that self alone this I thought arises. So here Bhagavan says shane shane, very slowly and steadily, with the help of your intellect, shift the attention of the uh, mind and your own self on the self itself. Atma sanstham manakritva, placing the mind in the self and once that is done, nak in chidapi So for this, as I said, again I will repeat, the understanding of the self is very important. If self is not understood, then we will be meditating on something else only. Therefore, the this is the final stage in Vedanta. Meditation is considered to be the final step. If one has not gone through the previous step, then meditation, in the name of meditation we might be doing something else only. Our attention will not be on the self. Attention will be on so many different things. As I mentioned yesterday also, that in a circle there are lots of points, but only one point is special, and that is the center. It is unique. You cannot mistake it for something else. That center is a very special and a unique point. But if we don't know what is the meaning of the center, if we don't know exactly how to locate that center, we might be thinking of some other point. Then that will be pointless only. So similarly, if one doesn't have the sound understanding of the self with the help of the scriptures, one might be meditating on something else. So first, the thoughts of self should be brought in the mind. That will help us to shift our attention on the self. And once the attention on the self is established, then Bhagavan says, then don't encourage any thoughts. Then the job of the mind is done. The mind just help us to shift our attention on ourselves. See, whatever we think, the attention goes there. Our thinking helps to shift attention. See, attention, the ability to pay attention is there in everyone. But, uh, it keeps on shifting. We have the ability to focus our attention on one point and to stay focused on that point. Because both this ability is there. But it keeps shifting here and there. So, with the help of words, we have to focus the attention on one point. And with the help of abhyas, with effort, with willpower, we have to keep that attention there. So, both this ability is required. So, with the knowledge which we have and with the words which we use in our mind, it helps us to focus attention on the self. Just as suppose uh, on our body, if I want to pay attention to any part of my body, the thought of that part should be brought in the mind. That thought itself is not attention, but the thought helps me to pay attention. And once I pay attention, then I can forget about the thought. Suppose I tell you to pay attention to your hand. The word hand should be used. And once I pay attention, then the word is not required. Then the attention can be kept without any words. Similarly, with the help of the words conveying the meaning and definition and indication of the self, we have to shift the attention towards the self. And once it gets established in the self, Bhagwan says, Nak in Thereafter, don't initiate any thought. Then let the mind just lie as it is. Let the mind become absolutely silent and the attention is kept on the self. This is the final stage of meditation where the attention is is in a spontaneous way is established in the self. But when we practice this meditation, because of the restlessness of the mind, because of some strong impressions in the mind, again the attention can get shifted. Thought may just come up in the mind. We might say, I don't want to think, but again some thought may come in the mind. And whatever type of thought comes, or whatever thought comes, the attention goes there. So what should we do while meditating if we get distracted? What should we do? That Bhagavan now explains in the next verse, verse number twenty-six. Yato yato nishcharati. Tata-stato-niyam-metada neva nayet Yato-yato-niścarati Manas-chan-chalam-sthiram stato metada atman neva nayet Huh. Bhagavan says, while meditating, the, if the mind go uh, starts uh, uh, what you call uh, creating thoughts, and if the attention gets shifted from the self to some name and form, then yataha ya, yata yata nishcharati manas chanchalam astiram because the mind is chanchalam by nature, the mind is little restless. Chanchal means it cannot think of one object only. And even if it think of one object, that thinking doesn't, or the attention doesn't last long. Within short time it moves to another object. That is called the chanchalta. Chanchalta means changing the object of thinking. And stirata is the time which we take to remain at one object, to remain in focused in one object. For example, if the mind is, let us say, thinking of the flower, so it might think of the flower, maybe for a fraction of a second. So that fraction of a second is its terata. But before we know it, start thinking of something else, that is its chanchalta. It goes from one object to another object. So in case of meditation, the mind should be made to think about the self and mind should be made to remain in that thinking process till our attention gets fixed on the self. Once that is done, the thinking of the mind is dropped and the mind is made silent. Huh. It's like a pole vaulting. when the With the help of the pole, you jump to a certain height and once you reach that height, Then you drop the pole and you can jump on the other side. Similarly, the mind, the thinking of the self and the attention on the self help the, what you call, thinking of the self help the attention to be shifted on the self. Once it is done, then you can leave the mind aside. And mind becomes silent because there is no attention on the mind. But sometimes because of the force of the impressions of our past, some thought may just arise forcefully. And when a thought arises, the attention gets shifted on that thought. And when the attention gets shifted on the thought, the attention from the self gets also shifted. So when such a thing happens, because of the restlessness of the mind, what should we do? Bhagwan says, niyam First of all, we should become alert. We should be very alert. Because at times what happens, the mind starts thinking of something else and we are not aware. We just start moving with the mind. After a long time, we come to know that we have drifted. We have drifted away from... People sit for japa or some dhyana and all... And suddenly some other thought comes and they are gone into their dream world. After some five ten minutes they realize. They start wondering, what is this mala doing in my hand? Then they realize that they were doing japa. So it's quite possible. Because uh, uh, as soon as a thought comes in the mind, the attention goes on that thought. And depending on the beauty and the color and the the texture of the thought, the attention gets more focused and attracted. And we go into a dream world. Mind creates a movie for us. Mind creates a serial for us, a cinema for us. And we just move, we just get carried away by that. So, great alertness is required while meditating that we should be able to know that our attention has got shifted now. So when attention gets shifted, then what should we should again control that mind. And whatever be the thought on which the mind is uh, getting distracted, we have to negate that thought as false, as of uh, illusory this world, and again shift the attention of the mind on the self means from whatever the distraction is there we have to gain vairagya from that point from that particular thought suppose the thinking i am meditating and then i think of some particular object then that is the most strong attachment at that particular moment i have so again by uh, uh, discrimination of what is real and unreal By understanding that what I am thinking about is false, is just an illusion, is not the object of my uh, meditation, I have to negate that object, uh, develop vairagya towards that object, and once I develop vairagya, the mind drops that object, and again we can shift the attention on the self. This might uh happen many many times because the mind is very restless lot of thoughts may come and again and again one has to then uh catch the mind and shift the attention on the self so this is called abhyas dhyana abhyas hmm. again and again the mind goes catch it and place it in the self so tatastato Atmani eva vasham nayet, bring it under the control of the self, place it in the self. Mind goes here and there out of habit, as I said yesterday, and mind goes out of uh, its special understanding and attraction towards some object. So there is attraction for some object, or it might go out of habit. So, if there is attraction toward the object, it has to be negated through discrimination and developing vairagya. And if there is a habit of the mind going again and again, it should be brought back. So, the practice of bringing back the mind and making it uh, think about the self and paying attention to the self is to be constantly practiced. So, this is the practice of meditation. So, yato yato nishcharati manaschan chalamasthiram tatastato niyam metadatmani eva vasham nayet. Sometimes it might take years together or it might just take few months and all for the mind to really become calm and peaceful and then abide in the self. In the beginning it will be more restless but with our constant uh, practice, the restlessness will become less and less and less. It's like some Atma sometimes give example of those cows, they want to go out and graze, and uh, always the other uh, garden looks more green, because they see from a lower angle, so it looks more green, the other patch. So they want to go further and further, because from there they see there is to the other green grass. Hai. So in this process they keep on drifting away from their homes. So the cow herd brings the cow back and ties it in the shed. Again and again it has to bring the cow and create the habit of letting the cow eat in the shed, cow shed itself. And the cow then suddenly realised that, yes, here in itself I get all that I want, so it stops going away. Similarly, the ma- mind is like a cow, it keeps on grazing in among objects, so it has to be brought. And once that is done, for a long time, it develops that habit. Then even by uh, mistake or just uh, because of negligence also the mind will not go, because it has the habit of meditating on the Self. Also, a regular practice of meditation at the same time, in the same place, with the same attitude, when we keep on doing, then the mind also knows. As soon as we even chant Om, the mind knows that this fellow is serious now. So, it just uh, quietens. It has to be uh, trained. Mind has to be trained and mind has to be educated. Training is doing something repeatedly one gets trained. Educated is to teach the mind the understanding of what is real and unreal. So both training as well as education is required for the mind and that will help us in this process of meditation. Such a person who meditates regularly, what is the, what is the fuller, what is the goal which he attains? That Bhagwan now reveals in the following verse. Prashan manasam yenam, yoginam sukhamuttamam upaiti shanta rajasam upaiti shanta brahma bhutam kalmasham brahma bhutam kalmasham yoginam sukham uttamam upaiti shanta rajasam huh, regular practice of this meditation the person's mind abides in the self. Uh, the yoginam, this yogi, Bhagwan says, prashantamanasam, whose mind has become absolutely quiet. When the, when the mind, when the attention is on the self, when the mind is abiding in the self, the mind becomes absolutely quiet. Like the mind has gained what it was looking for here and there. Mind has gained that deep experience of peace and joy. The mind becomes completely still. All its restlessness has gone. So, Prakashena Shanta. Shanta means peaceful, Prakashena, very peaceful, deeply peaceful mind. Uh why it has become so peaceful? Because Shanta Rajasam, all the Rajogun has gone away. All desires, passions, anger, jealousies, cravings, huh? all these have just left the mind. So it is free from rajas. See normally we have this rajogun, tamogun, satvagun. Rajogun creates restlessness in the mind. Uh, Tamogun creates a dullness and ignorance and and delusion, and Satvagun creates knowledge, peace, uh, clarity, faith. So when the Rajogun has gone away, Tamogun has also reduced. The mind has become absolutely quiet and peaceful. So Shantarajasam. Akalmasham, even the, not only Rajogund, but even the Tamogond has left the mind. It has become free of all dosha, of tamasic dosha also, of uh, ignorance, of confusion, of uh, dullness, all these have also gone. The mind has become pure, hmm, absolutely pure, satvik. The more and more sattvic the mind becomes, the more and more it becomes steady. Just like water. Water, if there is dirt in the water and all, and it's restless, the reflection is not very clear of the sun. But as the water start becoming more and more pure and more and more steady, we can see the reflection very clearly. Similarly, the mind when it becomes free from rajogun means restlessness, tamogun means dullness, the mind becomes absolutely still because sattva arises. So free from Rajagund, free from all other dirt, Brahma-bhut, this yogi has become Brahma-bhut, means has recognized, realized his own self as Brahma. He sees that this Atma is Brahma and he sees that Brahma in all. He realizes the real nature of the Self. The real nature of the Self is Brahma. Brahma means big. Brahma means infinite. In the state of ignorance, we feel that I am confined only into this body. I feel that I am a little, little being inside in the body somewhere. Hmm. Hmm. But really this Atma is Brahma. Brahma is big, infinite, like the space. Like in a little pot also there is space. But really speaking, it is the space is not in the pot, but the pot is in the space. Not only one pot, but millions of pots are in the space. Not only millions of pots, but millions of stars and galaxies are in space. Space is very vast. Just because you can see the little space in the pot doesn't mean the space is small. Space is very vast. Similarly, because of our identification with our body, we feel the self is limited to the body. But through this meditation, when one pays attention to the self, one comes to know the vastness of the self, the real nature of the self is recognized, is realized. When the mind becomes silent and the attention is on the self, one comes to know that Atma is really Brahma. He becomes Jivan Mukta. Such a yogi who has become Jivan Mukta by recognizing the self is Brahma, also experiences Sukham Uttamam. Uttamam Sukam, the best happiness, upaiti, he attains, he gains. He attains that supreme happiness, happiness of his own self. As I said the other day, not that he becomes happy, but he he is happiness. He becomes happiness. Such sentence may look uh, um, grammatically wrong, but it is grammatically correct he becomes happiness. He is happiness. He doesn't say, I am happy, but he says, I am happiness. When we become happy because of some reason, then that happiness is conditional and it is because of some condition of our mind only. But here, he has transcended the mind and experiences that supreme joy of his own self so prashanta manasam hi enam yoginam sukham uttamam upayati shanta rajasam brahmabhutam akalmasham so yogi who has become Prashantamanasa, then who is shanta rajasam who is brahmabhutam and who is akalmasham experiences that supreme joy of his own self what is this joy? What is so special about this sukha? Bhagavan tells in the next verse. He says, yunjan nevam sadatmanam yogi vigata kalma shaha sukhe nabrahmasam sparsham Atyantam sukham, atyantam sukham ashnute, yunjan nevam sadatmanam, yogi vigata kalma shaha, sukhena brahma sansparsham, atyantam sukham ashnute, Haan, evam yunjan sadatmanam, yogi, yogi, in this way, evam, in this way, in this way means as Bhagavan has revealed. See so this uh, similar, uh, this uh, verse is there, some portion of this verse, in the 15th also. Nevam sadatmanam yogi So as indicated by the Lord, the meditation on the self, as I said, the meaning of meditation is paying attention. If you pay attention to anything else, then that is meditation on that thing. Like even on our railway station, they talk about meditation. Really. Yathrigan kripiya dhyan do. It is meditation only. Because your dhyan here, there, ko ch- koi kha hai, koi pee koi dhyan ja do. Then suddenly everyone becomes alert platform train a number platform So immediately we take carry our bag, baggage and run like anything. But there are some people who they are though, they are sitting there eating pakode, chai and all and then suddenly they realize कोई, कोई Nobody seems to be there. Then at the last minute they understand that it is coming on the other platform. So, dhyān means pay attention. Paying attention to that may help you in your traveling and all. Similarly, paying attention to your breathing, paying attention to mantra, paying attention to some form or beautiful form of God. These are all different types of meditation. They don't lead to the ultimate state of realization, but it, they help us to purify our mind. Because when we meditate on the beautiful image of God, it helps us to purify our mind. When we meditate on some mantra and all, it helps us to develop that focus and attention. But ultimately, one has to meditate on the self to gain that abidance in the self. Because whatever we meditate upon, we gain abidance in that Other than the self, if we get abidance, then that is like a tandra, like a trance. Hmm. So, therefore, Bhagwan is using that word again and again here, ki evam, as I have explained, not as you have read here and there, ki yunjan evam sada atmanam, constantly meditating on the self. Atmanam yunjan, sada, all the time. Yogi, Vigata sha, this yogi becomes free, has become free of all kalmas, all impurity. The uh, in the beginning, all the negative thoughts, negative values are impurities. But as one progresses, then even even good thoughts becomes an impurity, becomes a disturbance for the meditator. Because that also distracts the person. But in the very initial stage, we should try to purify the mind by avoiding the bad and and uh, and uh, harnessing the good. But later on, that good and bad also has to be dropped to shift our attention on the self. So, vigata kalmashaha, free from all kalmash, all distraction, all impurities, the mind which has become absolutely pure. No other desire is there. It has come back home. It was loitering in this samsara for a long, long time. That mind has come back to the self. Just imagine. In the in some scripture they give example, like a boat, ship which is traveling in the seas. Uh, one bird also traveled with the ship and it was there uh, flying and all. And then the bird decided, let me go somewhere else. So it flew, leave, left the ship and started flying here and there, but there was no island, no land around. So it again came back to the ship and settled down there. Similarly, our mind is left as though the self and roaming around in this samsara in search of peace, in search of happiness. But after traveling in so many yonis, in so many life forms, after going through many, many different types of lokas, still it has not found complete happiness just imagine for beginningless time we are here on this in this uh, samsara going through various types of experience like a, a different life form bird animal plant is that and all and in every life form our main occupation was to maintain our body and experience joy huh? but even after so many year, lifetimes we have not found that complete peace And complete joy. It can be found only in the self. So this mind which was roaming here and there ultimately came back to the self and after coming there it became absolutely still, free from all kalmash, free from all impurities. Such a person who has reached this state, such a yogi, sukhena, sukhena means uh, sahaj, without effort, effortlessly, effortlessly, Sukha Mashnute experiences that Sukha. In case of the worldly joy, we have to put forth effort. Physical effort, effort of the senses, effort of the mind. We have to put forth effort because it, joy is experienced when we come in contact with those objects. So we have to put, lot of obstacles might come. Sometimes people accumulate lot of punya and go to some svarga lok or other lok to experience joy. That is also effort. And once that punya get exhausted again, they come back. So lot of effort is there in gaining joy in the world. But this joy of the self is effortless. So sukhena. Sahaj effortlessly Sukham mashnute what type of sukha? Brahma samsparsam atyantam. That sukha which comes when one comes in contact with Brahma. The self one comes realizes the self as Brahma. One when one comes to recognize one's real nature and one is established in that nature. It is the joy of uh, contact with Brahma, that's literal meaning, samsparsha, sure. joy of being in tune with our own self. And this joy is atyantam, atyantam means free from, uh, devoid of end, endless, there is no end to this joy, there is no limitation to this joy. See, in so many verses, Bhagavan talked about this joy. Because this is that which is experienced by the yogis, one who goes into the state of meditation, they experience infinite joy and infinite peace. Infinite joy and infinite peace, because that is the very nature of the self. See, suppose you you are blindfolded, in a room, and told that uh, we have kept one nice hot charcoal in the room. You go and pick it up. So you are blindfolded. You don't know where it is. You look here and there. But when you come at that point where you the charcoal is there, you will know that you have reached. Ne? ha, mil gaya. So similarly. Even if we are blindfolded and meditate on the self, when we reach that state of uh, realization, when the mind can abide in the self, by experiencing that infinite joy and infinite peace, we know that we have arrived. We have arrived home. Hmm. So Brahma Sukhena, Brahma Sansparsam Ashnute, that sukha which is atyantam, which doesn't come to an end. All other sukha, it has got a beginning and it has got an end. We have seen in the fifth chapter also, adhyantavanta ramate That does sukha which one gains from uh, contact with the world through our senses or through the mind, it has a beginning. And that sukha has got an end. When we are experiencing that sukha of this world, it is great. We feel very happy. But when it comes to an end, it leaves a big vacuum, and it drains the all the energy also from our own mind and body and all. But this sukha is everlasting. So atyantam sukham And a yogi who has reached the state of Samadhi, only because of the deep pressure of the past samskar, if at all, if they are there, he might come out of it. So in the initial stages, one comes out again and again from this state of meditation. And uh, But then finally he gains that abidance. And once that uh, person gains that abidance, yogi gains that abidance in the self, then, even when the, his eyes are open, even when he is interacting with the world, he is abiding in the self alone. That's called the Sahaja Samadhi then. Then there is no need to close the eyes. Close the eyes and sit and meditate is required in the initial stages. But once one comes to recognize and get established in the self, then even when he is looking at the world, interacting with the world, is abiding in the self alone. So the great state of this realization of this yogi, of this jnani, is now revealed in the next verse. What does he see? How does he look at the world? How does he look at himself? So that is revealed very beautiful verse. Bhagwan says, sarva-bhūtastha-mātmānam sarva-bhūtāni-chātmani ikshate-yoga-yoktātmā Ikshate sarvatrasama darshanaha. Sarvabhuta sthamatmanam, sarvabhuta nichatmani, ikshate yoga-yuktatma. yuktatma Yoga-yuktatma, one who has attained the fulfillment of yoga, one who has attained that state of turiyavastha, one who is well established in that Turiya Vasta, in the state of meditation, one one who is well integrated in that state of meditation, then even with his eyes open, it, that state doesn't get disturbed. Hmm, it doesn't get disturbed. See, when we are uh, not very sleepy, hmm, and we are trying to sleep, then we know now sleep is coming and all, huh? Now, but that time somebody disturbs you, then again the sleep goes away. You must have experience. Then again, don't disturb me, So again you try. And again the sleep comes. So in the initial stages of sleep, anything can disturb Pravachan can disturb suddenly somebody, everyone start laughing, people get up and say, what happened? <laughs> and we purposely crack jokes in between so that everyone remains awake and alert. Hmm. So in the initial stages of sleep, when we are practicing or when we are going into sleep, we can be disturbed. We need to be at one place, no sound, no noise, nothing should be there. But once we go deep into sleep, sound sleep means we start making sound also. Hmm. So when we go into that sleep, then even if there is big noise outside, sometimes people can lift him and take him here, there, that person remains asleep. No disturbance. It's said about Bhagwan Ramana Maharshi, when he used to go into sleep also, he was deeply so much that uh, no disturbance. His friends used to carry him here and there, but he was not aware of it. So similarly, in the initial stages of meditation, one may get distracted, disturbed. Again and again, we will have to shift the attention on the self. But once... One practices and get established in that self, then there is no need even to close the eyes, because wherever the mind goes, there itself he experiences self. Hmm. What do you call? Yatra yatra mano yati, Tatra tattra Wherever the mind goes, there itself. He sees the presence of self and he is in samadhi only. In the beginning of meditation, we we have to withdraw our attention from the world, from all distraction. But once we come to recognize the self, we will know that the world is also an expression of the self only. We will be able to see the self in the world. So there is no need to withdraw attention from here and there. Wherever the attention goes, Self is there. It's like space. Suppose I don't know what is space, then our attention, I should shift it from the pot and in the center of that pot and try to understand what is this space. But once I understand space, then I see it everywhere. Wherever the eyes goes, the space is there. So similarly, the realized master who is established in the self he looks at this world also as the self alone. Says, Sarvabhutastham Atmanam ikshate. Ikshate, he sees. What? Sarvabhutastham Atmanam. He sees his own self. Where? In all beings. Not only that the self exists in this body, but my, I am in all. He comes to know that I myself am in the whole world. Just imagine. Even when we imagine, it's so fantastic. He comes to recognize, realize that I myself am all. From this state of realization, Bhagwan Krishna also is speaking. Krishna is a realized master. So when he says that Maya Tathamidam Sarvam, he tells Arjuna in seventh, in the ninth chapter that, hey Arjuna, I pervade this whole world. Arjuna looked at him. He is sitting here in the chariot. Because we think that the person is a body only. But Bhagavan is talking as the self, not as the body. Body is restricted at one place. He says, I pervade this whole world. Maya tatam sarvam jagat abdraktam Murtina by my unmanifest, by my that uh, unmanifest form, I am pervading this whole world. Every, there is not a, not a atom which is devoid of me. Everything is pervaded by me. I pervade all. Maya tatamidam sarvam sarva bhutani. The world exists in me. I exist in the world and world exists in me. Means there is no difference between me and the world. See in the beginning we say God is in the world. But later on, once we understand the nature of God, we say God alone is. God, is. God is the world and God is everything. There is nothing other than God. But when we don't understand and recognize God, then we see differences. Then we have to shift the attention from these differences to that God principle. But once we recognize God, we see him everywhere. So, sarva atmanam ikshate. So, this yogi sees his own self in all the beings. He looks at the world, the bird, the animal, the plant, all human beings. In all of them, he sees his own self. He knows that I myself am in all. Just imagine, like, uh, suppose you are dreaming and lot of people are there in your dream. And lot of animal birds are there in your dream. And suddenly in your dream you come to know that this is my dream. Then you will know that all of them are my own self only. I have created them. They exist in me. When I wake up, all of them will merge into me. Similarly, the realized master, when he looks at this world, he looks at it as his own self. Sarvabhuta's thumb residing in all beings... Atmanam ekshate. He sees his own self. Bhagavan says that Maya this aham uh, atma Kesha Sarvabhuta shayastita. That I am atma residing in every being. That's what he sees. And Sarvabhuta cha atmani. Again, he sees all beings in his own self. When he closes his eyes or just uh, is. Uh, Seated on one place, he sees that the entire creation exists in me. And he, when he looks at this creation, he sees that in everything I alone exist. I am in all, and all are in me. This vision Bhagavan indicates to Arjuna in more detail in the 10th and the 11th chapter. In the 10th chapter, Bhagwan tells Arjuna that I am in all these beings. And in the 11th chapter, he shows that the whole world exists in me. Hmm. But here the yogi, he attains that vision where he looks at the world as his own self. Just as we look at our body, and I know that I pervade my body. Ne? However big or however small your body is, you know that you pervade your body. Suppose I take a little pin and ask you that this is a small little pin and if you see the point of the pin, it is so small. So will you show me some some point in your body where I can poke it? Which you, some, like, like that you show some point where I can poke it. Every point on my body is very precious to me. And wherever you poke that pin, I will know. How will you know? Suppose I poke it in your little finger somewhere. How will you know? Because I am there pervading my entire body. So when I look at my body, I know that I am existing in each and every cell of my body. And when I close my eyes and just meditate on my body... I know that the whole body exists in me. So, I now am aware only of my body. But when I come to recognize myself, I will be become aware of the entire cosmos. I will know that I pervade the entire cosmos and the whole cosmos exists in me. That I remaining same, the vision will expand. It will expand to include everything. Everything, entire cosmos, not as, not only this earth, but the entire solar system, the entire galaxy, the millions of galaxies, not only this world which we are experiencing, but other worlds, the svarga Loka, the Naraka Loka and all the Lokas, the realized master will know, will see that I alone exist in all these Lokas, in all the beings, and everything exists in me. He will come to realize the very essence of his own self. The very secret of this cosmos is realized. See, the secret is not very far away. We don't have to go to other planet and other things to find the secret of this world. I... I am the sample, I am the one part of this world at present. So if I study it, I will understand the secret of the entire world. So this yogi has realized this, Ikshati Yoga Yukta atma. and since he has recognized this self, and realized his self alone is there in all and everything in me, Sarvatra Darshanaha, his vision becomes sama everywhere same means he sees the same truth, same Brahma in all. See when I look at one object and another object I see the difference. Because they look different, outwardly they are different, this flower, this is a watch, I see the difference. If I have a vision of the atoms, then I might see some similarity. But still I will see difference between this uh, inanimate and I will say animate beings. But one who has got the vision of the self, for him everything is seen. Hari Vyapak Sarvatra Samana. Tulsidarji says Hari is Vyapak Sarvatra and Samana. So Ikshate Yoga Yukta Atma Sarvatra samadarshana. So Atma is not a little tiny little thing in our body. Atma is all-pervading, it is the very substratum of this whole world, everything exists in it, and it exists in everything. So such a vision, one who gains, is called a realized master, a realized yogi. Yogi is not one who just does some yogasanas and all. Generally, we associate the word yoga with yogasana. And if a person does shirshasana, we consider him as a great yogi. But very difficult. How will you do namaskar to a person who is doing shirshasana? Anyway, this is not our question at present. So this yogi sees his own self in all and everything in his own self. Now, the identity of self and brahma or identity of self and ishvara is now revealed in the next verse Bhagwan says yo mam pashyati sarvatra yo mam pashyati sarvatra sarvanchamai tasyaham na Sachame na pranaśyati. Sacha pranaśyati Yomam pasyati sarvatra Sarvanchamai pasyati Tasya ham na pranaśyami Sacame na pranaśyati huh. Instead of uh, the, in the previous verse what was said as Atma here Bhagwan uses the uh, word mam, he says. The yogi who sees me in all, and he sees everything in me. Such a yogi is is uh, is he excels. Yo mam pasyati sarvatra. So previously, what he said, one who sees self in all, and here Bhagavan says, who sees me in all. So what we mean by atma. And what we mean by Ishvara or Param Atma is one and the same. See, Ishvara. When I say I, I become aware. I am aware of this body. When I am only aware of my body, and I think I am the body, then that I is a jiva only. Then I is called jiva. But when I understand that I am not the body but I am the witness of this body, I am that pure consciousness, then that I is called Atma. And when I become aware of the entire cosmos, and I know the entire cosmos as my body, and I am the witness of this entire cosmos, then that I is called Ishvara. And the essence of that Ishvara is that Atma only, or it is called Brahma, Hmm. It's called Brahma. So the I remaining same, the understanding becomes more and more clear. When I use the word I in the state of ignorance, the same I, that word is used by a realized master. So ignorant person says I am the body, the realized master says I am Brahma. So the Understanding becomes more clear. Hmm. So here when we talk about Ishvara, Ishvara is one who has identified with the entire cosmos, who knows that I am all. So Bhagavan says that I, this, this realized master, he sees me in all. Yo mam pasyati sarvatra, he sees me in all. Sees me means not that he sees little little Krishna everywhere. Huh? It's not uh, something like that. That he picks up a stone, or Krishna is me. He looks at some animal, and Krishna. Not like that. He sees the self, which is not different from the from Ishvara in all yo mam pasyati sarvatra and Sarvanchamai pasyati and everyone everything he sees in me. Bhagwan says hamna pranashyami, For him, I am not destroyed. I am not destroyed means I am not away from him. I and he has become one. For such a person, there is no difference between Ishvara and Jiva. There is no difference between Brahma and Atma. Both of them have become one. Bhagavan says, Nyani tu Atma evam ematam. Later on, in another chapter, Bhagwan will tell that this person who has gained that knowledge of the self is my self only. Because the knower of the self becomes the self. And that self is not different from Ishvara. So Bhagavan says, the knower of the self is my own self. Nyani tu Atma eva me matam. So, yo mam pasyati sarvatra Sarvanchamai Pashati. Tasya hamna pranashami. For that person, I am not lost. There is no separation from me. And sachame na And he is also not lost for me. There is no difference. There is no difference between a realized master and Ishvara. They are same. See, suppose somebody is doing puja and we invoke the presence of God in a murti and we do puja. And a realized master arises there. You can continue the puja, puja with that master, because he is the very self of that, of Ishwar whom you are worshipping, is Sakshat coming there. So one who sees me in all and everything in me, he has become one with me, there is no difference. And I am not lost for him and he is not lost for me. So tasya ham na pranashyami, sachame na pranashyati. So here the identity of Atma and Ishwar also is given. Further Bhagwan says, sarvabhutasthitam yomam sarvabhutasthitam yomam Sarva thavartamanopi. Sayogi mai vartate. Sarva yomam. Bhajatke kattva Huh. So, how does this yogi, this realized yogi, interact with the world? How does he, uh, what do you call, deal, transact with the world? Bhagwan says that he is established in that oneness. Having established in that oneness, having established in that knowledge that I and that Paramatma is one and the same, and everything resides in me, and I am in all. But still he is aware of his, that limited body also. And from that standpoint when he looks at this world, he looks at everything as the very expression of his own self. And when he looks in this way, Bhagwan says he worships all this expression of the self in the form of this world. Sarva yo mam bhajati. Mam bhajati, he worships me, or he worships that supreme self who is existing, who is residing in all the beings. Ekattva mastita, means established in this oneness, he looks at the world and he interacts and serves the world, loves the world as an expression of his own self. It's like um uh, See like when you look into the mirror and all, huh? and you, you admire your face, and you just enjoy, right? keep on looking, there are some people, keep on looking and admiring. See there is great joy looking in the mirror also, great joy when somebody is praising you, or somebody is talking about you, right? You experience. What are you enjoying? You are enjoying yourself. Who is enjoying? You only. So you are enjoying yourself by yourself. Similarly, a realized master enjoys himself by himself in the form of this world. When he serves someone, he is serving himself. When he loves someone, he loves himself. But he loves himself in the form of this world when he is uh, interacting with someone who is happy someone who is unhappy he is interacting with his own various images so bhagwan says remaining established in this oneness he interacts with the world and there is a different uh, different uh, paradigm altogether for this interaction it is it is not same as the interaction of an ignorant person it's totally in a different paradigm altogether. Miss, even when he's interacting with a person who seems to be outwardly, seems to be different from his body, deeply he knows, he sees, he knows, he experiences that the self in that person, the self in me is same. That when I am making him happy, I am only becoming happy. When he is becoming sad, I am only becoming sad. Miss, it is sadness is also my expression. And joy is also my expression. But he doesn't become sad in that sadness. That even that sadness is experienced in remaining in the state of happiness. Even the fear and joy and confusion of this world is experienced remaining in the state of pure bliss. So, sarva yomam This is the way the realized master functions in the world. They are in a way... Serving or loving themselves only. It appears very selfish, but uh, uh, self-loving itself and serving itself is what happens there. But that self is not restricted to one particular body. That self has become of the size of this entire cosmos. When a realized master picks up a, or a, a tiny little ant or a bird or something and takes care of it, he is taking care of his own self in the form of that that bird. But even if the bird dies, the matma doesn't die. That just form changes into some other form. So it's a very different type of expression or experience or a different paradigm altogether. So Sarvatha Varta such a Yogi, even if he is performing different type of activities outwardly, seems to be involved in variety of activities, Bhagwan says, sa Yogi Mai Vartati, he is always in me only, he is always established in me, he is always established in that Supreme Self. It's like a plane when it is on the ground. Or when it takes off and goes into the space, it is always in space. Even when it is on the land, it is in space. No? Yeah. So even when it is grounded, it is in space only. Because it cannot leave space and go anywhere. It is always in space. But for an ignorant person, it seems that, oh, if he is on the ground, it is on the ground. If he is up, he is in space but as one who has understood the nature of space, he knows that it is always in space. Similarly, a yogi who has recognized and understood the nature of self, sarvatha vartamano though he is acting in, in variety of activity, is always in me only, Bhagavan says. So that is the great, grand vision of this yogi. One more verse, a very beautiful verse. Bhagavan concludes his uh, his what you call his discourse on meditation. Thereafter there are questions which Arjuna will ask. So when we read this, when we listen to this, that such a yogi who sees his own self in all and everything in his own self, we also hear about so many yogis and all. So question naturally comes to our mind that who is the greatest of all yogis? Who is considered to be the best yogi? So Bhagwan reveals that in the next verse. He says, Atmao pammena sarvatra Sukham vāyadiva dukham Sukham vāyadiva Sayogi mai paramo mataha. Sayogi paramo Ātmā pammena sarvatra Samampashyati yorjuna Sukham vāyadiva dukham Sayogi paramo mataha. Uh, Bhagwan says, Such a yogi is considered as Mataha. according to me. This is the, he is the best yogi, Paramah, supreme yogi, who, who looks at the whole world as his own self. Atma, Atma upamena, Atma upamena sarvatra, Samampashyati Arjuna. Hey Arjuna, who looks at all, uh, this whole world, comp- uh, comparing or as his own self. Even while interacting with the world, with people, he will look at the person as his own self and interact. In the sense, uh, if I want happiness, I want peace, I want to be free of all trouble, I want to be free of all violence. So, similarly, other person also want to be happy, want to be peaceful. So, just as one looks at oneself, he looks at the other person also. This is one meaning. And this is the very basis of dharma. Dharma, in short, is do unto others what you would like others to do unto you. Yeah. Means, because everyone uh, are made up of the same material. Our mind, our body, our intellect and the ultimate self is same. So what I, what is good for me, if I understand what is good for me, is good for everyone. And What is not good for me, is not good for everyone okay the personal like and dislike may be different the likes and dislike of the body might be different the likes and dislike for the mind may be different just because i like certain food i should not forcefully make everyone eat it but i like happiness so everyone likes happiness i like uh, to be free from all sorrow everyone likes to be free from all sorrow so the basic fundamental My likes and dislikes, my basic fundamental thirst and what is good for me is good for all beings. See, if you see the differences, then the difference is only with respect to the body, mind, intellect. So this realized master looks at the whole world as he looks at his own self. Atma sarvatra Sarvatra pashyati Yojuna, he looks at everything same in, as his own self. Sukavaivahu come in joy as well as sorrow, just as I like joy, others also like joy. I don't want sorrow, others also don't want sorrow. In this way, he looks at the whole world as his own self. Such a yogi is called param because he is established in his self. See, one who is not established in his self will have different type of behavior. First of all, many people who are meditating or who follow this path and all, if that proper understanding of the self is not there, we will always look at the world with the sense of difference only, uh, with the sense of division, thinking that I am different and other person is different. I will do my sadhana and I will realize, let them go to wherever they want to go. then something is wrong with my understanding. It is like in my body, I will say, I will take care of my hand, I don't care for the legs, let somebody come and beat it up, I don't care, I am. I. only like my hand. That means I have not understood my whole body. Similarly, one who says that, oh, I am only, I myself am there, I don't care for the world, that means you have not understood your relationship with the world. You have not understood your relationship with God. So, one who is established in the self, he looks at the whole world as his own self, and he treats, interacts with the world as he interacts with his own self. So, such a yogi, Bhagwan says, is a paramo mataha, is supreme yogi. So, in these 32 verses, Bhagwan gives the complete path of meditation how to prepare, what are the various uh, precautions we should take, how we should meditate and what is the result which we gain through this meditation. Everything about meditation Bhagwan covered in these 32 verses. But even after listening to this beautiful discourse of Bhagwan, Arjuna had some questions. So we will take up those questions tomorrow. Oh. Hmm.